just a crazy storm. Hi, I'm Peter. And I'm Felice. Welcome to Action Packed, the travel podcast that goes to the best places and meets the most interesting people. So let's go straight to the action. So this week we're talking to Nosa, a young Nigerian banker who emigrated to the United States, where he immediately launched his own hugely successful culture podcast. So Nosa Yari, welcome to our travel podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Peter. And you're a podcaster yourself, so you know all about this. Yes, I'm a, I'm a podcaster myself. So I, I record a weekly podcast called Culture Class Podcast, where I get to interact with people from different backgrounds. And we, we met actually because I had you guys on an episode a few weeks ago. So I, I guess you're returning the favor. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little about yourself because you're in the USA at the moment, but you weren't born there, were you? No, I wasn't born in the USA. Um, I'm Nigerian. Uh, I was born in south south nigeria uh, a state called port harcourt which is like a seaside city uh, my dad was in the military and he he met my mom over there and got married and he was deployed there for a little while but we ended up moving to a whole bunch of places within nigeria because uh, my dad moved around a lot because of his job and i spent the first 20 something years of my life in nigeria and i only moved to the us uh, about 3 years ago so so what prompted the move it's a big step isn't it um school actually i like to say school but school was kind of just like an excuse to be honest i had a brother who lived in the us i had visited him once and i just enjoyed my time there and i was like okay you know what um if i want to move the best the best excuse to move is to probably go for graduate school i've been working for a while at the time uh in commercial banking so i was like okay you know what let, let me go for school um that'll be like an easy way to move to another country kind of like soft landing so i did that in uh i want to say 2016 or 2017 and yeah moved to washington dc uh went to school there and then finished school and i moved to colorado so why did you choose Colorado of all places to go to the Mile High City? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I, I initially wanted to stay in D.C., to be honest. When I went to school in D.C., D.C. is, uh, you know, it, it's a small city. Uh, a lot of people live in Maryland or Virginia and work in D.C. And it's just a corporate environment. A lot of people, like if you go to a party or anything, like after someone asks your name, the next thing is what do you do? So everyone is always networking. Everyone's either works for the government or a government contractor or something. Um, so I got a job offer out here in Colorado, but I was still contemplating what it would be like to live somewhere besides the East Coast, because I was kind of like used to the East Coast, DC, Pennsylvania, Midwest, Chicago. But I, my company did a smart thing and kind of like flew me out here to kind of like have a chat. I'd already done like a virtual interview, but you know, it was kind of like a second interview slash a chat and they wanted me to kind of like see the city and kind of, and when I came here, I kind of like fell in love with it. Colorado is a perfect place to have the best I would say in my experience, anecdotally, the best work-life balance. So you can go to work, you know, Mondays to Friday and on the weekends, you're out in the mountains somewhere or kayaking somewhere or biking through the woods somewhere. So when I came here, I just kind of felt my life expectancy go up, to be honest. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, this would be a good place to kind of like, you know, settle down, uh, maybe start a family or something. So that was what learned me. It was a job offer, but that visit to Colorado made me make up my mind to come here. Which is ironic, to be honest, because it took me almost a year before I got to do some of those things I, I just talked about. 
So what sort of things have you done? Have you been hiking and cycling, things like that? Yeah, recently, I'm not a really outdoorsy person, to be honest. Uh, I'm a bit of a, a, a nerd, so I, I kind of like stay indoors a lot of the time. You know, watch documentaries, uh, read books, listen to tons and tons of podcasts. <laughs> That's what I do. But when COVID hits, just because we didn't have the opportunity to, to, go, to go out as often because everyone was working from home, then home became a bore, you know, then I, I made up my mind. That was like a year after I lived in Colorado. I made up my mind, you know what? Maybe I should try this thing. I've gone on two hikes so far. Uh, I went to Roxboro Park, which is like an hour from where I live. That was pretty interesting because I went on like a two-hour hike and I didn't read the signs before I started the hike. So when I got back to the entrance, uh, I then saw these different signs that said, oh, if you see a mountain lion, this is what you do. If you see a rattlesnake, this is what you do. <laughs> if you come across a bear, this is what you do. I was like, what? <laughs> Uh, you know, so apparently a lot of people go on hikes. There's a, a dress, uh, a dress, a particular type of clothing that you're encouraged to wear, you know, like long pants, you know, hiking shoes, just in case, you know, you, you're, you know, muddling through the shrubs and, you know, a snake tries to, to bite you. I didn't know any of that stuff. I just wore like my <laughs> sneakers and shorts. And, and, you know, some people apparently also do go on hikes with like maybe sticks and clubs and knives just in case they encounter anything. I didn't know any of that. So, um, that was pretty interesting. So I guess I was pretty lucky there. That was my very first hike. And I went on a, on a smaller trail also just in the middle of Colorado, just off the Cherry Creek Trail. So I did that. And today, actually, I'm actually going to rent a bike. I did have a bike, a bicycle, but because I hadn't rode it for a while, like it's it's all like it's been outside forever. So it's starting to like rust and all of that. So I'm going to rent a bike and go biking in the woods somewhere. That sounds fun. We ski a lot. In fact, the time we've, times we've been to Denver is to go skiing. And is that something you might try in the future, skiing or snowboarding? Oh, most definitely. Um, and, you know, that was one of the things that intrigued me with what you guys did, you know, really traveling around the world, skiing all, all over. Um, it's something I would definitely try. I mean, the X Games was just here last year, or I think early this year before COVID. So I'm, I'm just a generally curious person. I, I guess that's why I love like documentaries and podcasts. So I get the best way to get me out of the house is to tell me something I haven't done before. So skiing is on that list. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll def I definitely look forward to skiing, scuba diving, all those other stuff. Have you been to the West Coast as well? No, not yet. I haven't been to the West Coast. I have a couple of friends out there. Ironically, just before COVID, my brother and I, with not not just before COVID, for for a while now. I think since last year, we talked about it over Christmas and a little bit before that. Talked about taking a road trip from Chicago to San Francisco. Uh, but we haven't really had the time to do that just yet. But I have a couple of friends uh, living on, on the West Coast, uh, but I haven't had a chance to, to go there. I look forward to it. So what do you think of the climate in Colorado? I mean, very different from Nigeria. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, right now, um, not so different because this is like, I guess we're into the summer months now. So it's pretty hot. Uh, D.C. is pretty humid during the summer. Colorado is just very dry. It took me a while, my first few months moving here, I drank a lot of water because I guess my lungs were not used to the kind of air uh, that, were, that was here in Colorado. Uh, and it's funny because my brother came here last week and he was complaining about the air as well. I was like, oh, maybe I've gotten used to it because you know, I don't feel that anymore. So yeah, it's kind of dry. It can get pretty cold in the winter, obviously, in Colorado. 
especially in the mountains. Apparently, I think there are some part of the state that snows more often than not. So people that live on the mountains, might experience more snow uh, for most part of the year. But generally in the metropolitan area like Denver, uh, it can get pretty hot <laughs> during the, the summer months. And the winter is, is pretty cold, like really cold. I think this is the coldest state I've lived in uh, so far in the U.S. So had you seen snow before you came to the U.S.? No, I hadn't seen snow. So it doesn't snow in Nigeria. We, there was a news story when I was about, I want to say 11, where it, it kind of snowed for like six minutes in northern Nigeria. <laughs> so that's, that's the most we've seen. Uh, we have something called Hammertan back home which is kind of like a foggy atmosphere where there's no visibility, pretty cold, very dry weather, particularly in northern Nigeria. Uh, but sometimes we do have uh, hailstorms. So yeah, we have hail in some parts of the, of the south and some parts of the north as well. So it's just like a whole bunch of ice raining down on you. That's not particularly snow, but that's the closest we had come to snow back home in Nigeria. Yeah, because Nigeria is known... I looked this up, it has the largest mangrove forest in Africa. Mm. So that's completely different sort of landscape to... Yep, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I mean, it's a tropical... I think we're right there on the equator. But yeah, it's more like a tropical climate. Some parts of northern Nigeria can get pretty cold. But besides that, you know, it's uh, usually warm, except, you know, the harmer time periods I talked about early in the year, like January to like March, where it's like misty and cold and like low visibility kind of stuff and also nigeria the national sport is soccer is that something you did when you were there or did you watch it yeah soccer is a big thing uh i wouldn't say it's a national sport because it's not like official official but it's the most popular sport um even beyond nigeria i want to say most parts of africa as well because it's pretty easy to play um, unlike other sports like hockey or basketball or baseball that you need some kind of sports equipment or tools to play the sport like bats and hoops and things you know once you just have it might not even necessarily be a ball like you just have something around and start kicking it around you're playing mm-hmm. soccer so and obviously you know some of the greatest players in the premier league are african so they inspire us a lot from kanu in the early 90s all the way down to drogba and sien that played for chelsea so they, they inspired us a lot so it's a really popular sport to play as a kid in high school. Going back to podcasting, when did you start your podcast? I started recording in November 2018, but I think I put on my first episode in December because I think we recorded about six or seven episodes before we started publishing. Uh, I had a course at the time. I was in school at the time, so that was in Washington, D.C. I went to a school in Northern D.C. called American University, and I was in the business school, but I I had a friend in the School of Communication, uh, and they had a studio. So, you know, I, I'd always been listening to podcasts and, and DC being the hotbed for international cultures. I was interacting with people from different places all over the world and giving my father's military experience traveling to different places as well. I was always susceptible to new culture. So I just decided to start a podcast kind of like around that. So I'm looking forward. I think I'll be two years old in November this year. I'm not sure what day, but I'm looking forward to that when I clock 100 episodes and uh, two years. Well, I think you've made... Over 80 episodes, haven't you, so far? Yes, I think it's like 86 uh, right now. Um, so I should have like 14 more episodes to, to hit 100. So it's not been easy, <laughs> given the fact that I'm having a different guest on every single week. I mean, if it, if it was just me talking to the mic, it must, must it might have been a little bit easier. No, we've been, we've, we've been uh, you know, forging ahead, ahead and uh, thank goodness for how it's going so far. 
How, how do you find your guests? Oh, a variety of ways. Um, so originally, when I started, it was just uh, obviously friends who were close to me. I was in school at the time, so it was easier. I'll just you know reach out to someone on campus, say I have a podcast, or do you have a friend who would like to be on the podcast? From there, I got a lot of referrals. Uh, so I used to ask people during the episode, that, "Hey, you know." You've been on the podcast now. Do you have someone you know who would like to be on the podcast? Someone you think you know resonates with our message? So I got a lot of referrals that way. But recently, particularly with COVID, I know a lot of online forums. Uh, I guess even the way we met was through a Facebook group. Um, so I joined a lot of Facebook groups. You know, interacted with a lot of podcasters. I joined the part something called the Podcast Directory, which kind of like matches guests to hosts. And you know, there are a couple of other things out there. But primarily, it's like referral songs that has been on my podcast. When they share their episode, their friend who asks them about it, then you know, if they're interested, you know, they might reach out or I might reach out. And what are your favorite episodes you've done? Oh, I. Um... I mean, every episode is pretty unique. It's pretty interesting for me, particularly because I'm generally curious and uh, just learning something new on every episode just gives me that thrill. So every episode is kind of like almost a favorite episode, but one unique episode, particularly for my listeners, uh, and I guess for me as well, was I think that like episode 77, I interviewed a guy called Daryl Davis. Uh, Daryl Davis is this jazz musician who lives in Maryland and he's a black man. And what he does is he interviews, he, he befriends members of the KKK. Oh. Uh, and he's been doing that for like 20 something, or I want to say 30 years now. And, you know, he kind of like reaches out to them. Uh, he befriends them, hangs out with them and slowly gets them to see that. He, he slowly gets them to, to give up their ways. So I think he has been able to, he doesn't like to use the word convert, but he's been able to convince about 200 or so KKK clan members to derobe and kind of like uh, give up the ideology. Um, he didn't win everybody over, but, you know, that was pretty interesting because I think I did that interview during the, uh, you know, the protests, which is still going on. And, you know, it just coincided with that. And there was like a lot of reaction. Obviously, some people were not happy. Uh, but my point of view is kind of like, you know, there are different strategies to kind of like win a war while a lot of people, there's the Malcolm X approach, there's the MLK approach, there are tons of approaches. So this is his approach and he actually has results, you know, converting 200 people who are not living their life with hate just because of what he did. So uh, that was pretty interesting. That was a unique episode and, you know, a couple of other episodes also. That sounds really interesting. Must have been very uncomfortable for him to, to like, start doing yeah, Dangerous. It. Dangerous too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing this forever, you know. I would imagine maybe when he first started it, it was a bit dangerous because he, he he told me about the first year when he met. Uh, I want to say he's a grand wizard of of the of the lodge where he he was where he lived in, and you know that was a pretty unique situation because he had a bodyguard who had a gun. Uh, but everything turned out okay, uh, you know, and he's still doing the work he's doing, and you know that was kind of like his first convert. Where do you get in from here now? You get to two hundred. Uh, yeah, and then. You'll carry on, but do you want to keep the same direction or do you want to do something different? Or? Um, so I have a bunch of plans for the podcast. Uh, fingers crossed. I kind of applied to the Google PRX podcast creator program, which is kind of like a podcast incubator here in the US. Uh, this year will probably be remote, but I think they have an office in, I want to say Boston and Minneapolis. So they, they partner with Google. Uh, PRX is like a podcast network here in the US and they partner with Google Podcasts and they have like a podcast creator program. So I kind of like applied for that. And if I get in, we're required to kind of like stop public 
publishing for 12 weeks while they kind of like help us rebrand the whole podcast. So that's my idea. So regardless of whether I get into that program or not, I kind of like after 100 episodes, kind of like take a break for a month or two. I kind of like rebrand the whole podcast. I, I hopefully want to get a producer that will help me in getting like better guests. So I focus more on doing the research for the interviews. Hopefully I want to add videos. So uh, not just, uh, you know, putting out audio content, but putting you know, videos on YouTube. I have a new website now. So I, I want to do some more research to follow up if people need additional content about where the person is from, you know, the country, the culture, whatever it is we're talking about, kind of like posting that. So just make it like a richer experience for my listener, you know, taking it up a notch. Uh, that's what I want to do. And hopefully, you know, after this whole COVID is over, I'm th- also thinking about like a, a festival, kind of like bringing people from different cultures together to kind of like share food, music, that kind of thing locally here in Colorado. Awesome. And I'm also working on like a, a playlist or a soundtrack on album, if you will, because um, I've interviewed a few artists from different countries. So, you know, bringing these songs, because the best way to share culture is through music and food. So bringing these songs from different countries and kind of like making a playlist or an album out of it, you know, so for people to listen to music from different countries. So that's that's my plan. So what keeps you motivated? Oh, good question. I mean, uh, besides my nature, I mean, just... On one part, generally, I'm kind of like, uh, I can get a little obsessive if I start something I'm really interested in. So whether that's podcasting, whatever, uh, if it's something I really start and I don't know, maybe I blame that on my military or my dad's military background, <laughs> kind of like the discipline helps boarding school and all that, that helps. Uh, but it's just something, if it's something I'm interested in, just passion, you know, if I can use that word. Because it's something I'm genuinely curious about because, you know, there are a lot of people who start podcasting after like, I think it's like episode five, they have the pod phase because, you know, I always say this, like, I didn't really start this to be like an influencer in the 21st century you know, term of the word. A lot of people, you know, just talk about pop culture, talk about music, movies, and there's nothing wrong with that if you're interested. But if you're not like really interested in those subjects and like passionate about it, that like, it'll be difficult. You know, you start missing episodes, you know, things start to happen. But if it's something that you do that comes to you naturally, like with you guys with skiing, you've done it all your lives, it comes naturally to you. It's the same thing with me and, you know, like culture. Once I meet someone from a different place, I like start a conversation and ask them a bunch of things. I, I like to travel myself. I like to walk documentaries about other places. And even when I was younger, my dad had all these encyclopedias about different cultures. So it's just something that comes naturally for me. So I guess the discipline helps, but the passion also uh, helps as well. And you told us that we were the first married couple you'd interviewed? Correct. You guys were the very first married couple. I think I'd interviewed... What episode was that? Uh, an episode called The Matchmaker. I can't remember what episode. I think it was like 50-something on my podcast. They were engaged. They hadn't been married yet. Uh, but you guys were the very first uh, a married couple I interviewed. So you're not married yourself? No, I'm not married uh, myself. Uh, uh, if your listeners want to, you can call 555. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I'm single. But yeah, um, just like the culture thing, you know, whenever I... I meet people who are like married or, you know, have a business or are into something that I kind of like see myself doing in the future. I also like to pick their brain and stuff. So it was pretty interesting having you guys on as well. So when you were in Nigeria, did you travel around at all? Any other parts of Africa? Parts of Africa, no, but parts of Nigeria, yes. So uh, Nigeria has 36 states. 
I want to say we lived in about maybe 20 of those states. So more than half the states in the country, because my dad moved around a lot. There, there are a lot of times I'll go to boarding school for a term. And when I'm coming back home, I'm coming back home to a different house. So it's like, you know, he was in the military. He moved to different parts of Africa a lot. Um, he served in something called ECOMOG, which is like the a West African military arm, kind of like made up of different countries. So they did a lot of peacekeeping mission, especially in the late 80s and the 90s, where we, when we had a lot of dictatorships in a lot of African countries. My dad was a helicopter pilot, so he, you know, flew soldiers to some of those zones and all that. But he, he probably didn't want to, you know, take along his young kids to, you know, those kind of uh, volatile countries. So I think it was in Burundi. He was in the it was in a bunch of countries, um, some of them, uh, obviously, because of, you know, being um, secrecy in the military, he wasn't able to share with us, but he moved around a lot. But eventually, when I was a little older, I got to go to some places in West Africa. So I've been to Ghana, uh, I've been to the Ivory Coast, and where else? Ghana, Ivory Coast, and I want to go to Senegal at some point. So we'll just start from West Africa and slowly <laughs> you know, make our way to the rest of Africa. So do you, do you go back and visit? Have you got family there? In Nigeria? Yes, I have some family uh, in Nigeria. Uh, my brother's here, but I haven't been back since I came here, which is a little over three years ago. I was actually planning on going back for Christmas this year, but you know, with the COVID situation, I don't know how possible you know, that whole thing is. When you're not working and podcasting, what do you do to relax? Uh, when I'm not working in podcasting, like I said, I'm just a generally curious individual. I'm more of an indoor body. I just, you know, it doesn't take much for me to relax because I, I do so many things. I juggle so many things. You know, I work, uh, I podcast, I'm working on these, uh, you know, album project and other things. I'm involved with my high school alumni. I was the president of my high school alumni for like three years. I do that. So I do so many things at the same time that when I'm not working, all I need to do is just to, hey, lay down put on some music or put on like a good documentary on and just be still, <laughs> you know, that, that's what does it for me. I don't, I don't really have uh, any, you know, hobbies, hobbies per se that, that cause you know, I just need to get my mind off of work. So that, that just involves like chilling at home, like Netflix and chill kind of thing. And you must miss Nigerian food. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's not totally, I mean, we do get some Nigerian food here. Um, it's not as authentic as back home, but it is, you know, it is something, particularly when I lived in the DC area, because the DMV area has a large African population. So a lot of Habisha, a lot of people from East Africa, like Ethiopia, Eritrea, a lot of Ghanaians, uh, a lot of Nigerians live in Maryland as well. So we have some Nigerian restaurants there. Uh, there's hardly any state you go to that doesn't have like an African restaurant that sells Nigerian food. So I try to drive that. I think we have two or three in the Denver area. I pick up some stuff, I cook myself. So it's not as authentic, but it's not, you know, I, I don't totally, I have something, you know, which is, is more than I can ask for. So what is Nigerian food like? I've never eaten it. I mean, it, can you name some typical dishes? Or? Yeah, sure. So Nigerian food in general is not, um, so Nigeria is made up of like 300, I want to say like 350 something or 370 something different ethnic groups. So they are almost like, you know, 300 something languages, almost 500 different tribes, 36 states, like I mentioned. So in southwestern Nigeria, uh, which is predominantly Yoruba, which is kind of like one of the largest ethnic groups. And I'm sure there are a lot of Yorubas in London as well. Um, I guess one popular food is something called Amala. 
which is kind of like uh, I think it's made with I want to say cassava, but I'm not sure. Uh, but something called amala, and you know, or amala as they would say, and they they eat that with uh, a soup called ewedu. That's like in southwestern Nigeria, up north. Um, they use rice. They like eat ground rice, and they make something called tuwo shinkafa, or tuwo for short. Uh, that's really popular up north and. In the east, uh, where Igbos, up north is the Hausa tribe. Uh, in the east, the Igbo tribe, uh, something called fufu, which is made with cassava as well. You know, you sow cassava, dry it up, grind it, make it into a paste, and uh, eat it with something called egusi. That's really popular as well. So that those are kind of like the three popular foods I can say. But generally, any Nigerian you meet anywhere, the easiest thing to bond with, the uh, easiest food to bond over is something called jollof rice. So it's rice, but it's made a different way. It's made with like tomato paste with some onions. And uh, it's kind of like how the Italians make like spaghetti with meatballs, but this is like rice. So it's called jollof rice. So whenever you meet a Nigerian, you know, you say, hey, you know, can, can we go to a Nigerian restaurant or a Ghanaian restaurant and have some jollof rice? And it's a thing as well. Like there's a certain kind of jollof rice made in Nigeria and there's jollof rice made in Ghana. So we always argue on Twitter, like, which is the better jollof rice, Nigerian jollof or Ghanaian jollof? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting conversation conversation it keeps it keeps things exciting so if people want to find your website and your podcast uh you can go to our website cultureclasspodcast.com culture like culture class like classroom podcast cultureclasspodcast.com if you go in there you can you know see all our information where on all probably all uh, podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. It's a Culture Class Podcast on Instagram, Culture Class Pod on Twitter, Culture Class Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to follow me personally, I use my real names on my social media. So it's Nosa Iyare on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, do please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or another of the many platforms that we're on. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one other person. And I am you. And you are me. It's just a crazy storm.